Welcome back to the podcast from the Jimmy Stewart Museum, known as Talking Um uh, Jimmy Stewart. I'm Tim Vanderberg, and this episode is a long time coming, only because I had held out to speak with her in person, and then finally broke down and arranged for a meeting by phone. It's our visit with Jimmy and Gloria Stewart's daughter, Kelly Stewart Harcourt. Through Kelly, you'll get an inside look at the Stewart home life, and it may raise even more questions for you, as it did me afterwards. If that's the case, be sure to contact us at the Jimmy Stewart Museum Facebook page, and we'll try our best to get the answers. Meanwhile, we hope you'll enjoy this episode. Kelly Harcourt, how are you? I'm fine. Thank you very much. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Very good. Well, first, tell me a little bit about yourself and your position at the University of California. I think people would love to hear about that. Well, I ended up at the University of California because um, I became interested in animal behavior and human evolution, and this all began when Mom and Dad took us when we were 14, Judy and I, and our older brothers too, uh, on a sort of wildlife viewing trips to Africa, and that's where the interest was kindled. And so I studied anthropology in university, and then I went and studied gorillas with Diane Fossey in Rwanda and Congo, and then I got a degree in zoology at Cambridge and married an Englishman and lived, kind of split my time between England and Africa, and then came back to California in 1989, and we were both at the Department of Anthropology at UC Davis, Um, and we have since uh, retired and now just do lots of fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, so you were recently in Ecuador. Was that just for fun or was it, it was there research involved? Well, Sandy's sister lives in Ecuador, so we were visiting her and we were with friends of ours who are also, uh, who also have studied monkeys and we did, it wasn't work, it was it was visiting rainforest and mountain forest. It was kind of a nature trip and combined with visiting my sister-in-law. Very nice. How frequently do you travel? We travel a lot. Yeah. We travel a lot, especially since, um, you know, retiring from the university. Now we have a lot of freedom. So we go, we certainly go to England often because Sandy still has family there. And we try and do sort of a fairly exotic trip once a year. You said your family got you interested in Africa. How did that begin? Was that something that your mom and dad just had always wanted to do? Well, they had. They were very good friends with um, Beth and Fran Johnson, who lived in Texas, and they were very outdoorsy, and they did a lot of hunting and fishing, and you know, they were they were kind of outdoors games people, and they were the first ones that got mom and dad interested in visiting East Africa. And this was a long time ago, in the early 60s. They also went to India with them. Mom and dad used to travel with them a lot. And they would go on fishing trips in South America. So that's how mom and dad first went to Africa. And they both fell in love with East Africa and the wildlife there. And that's how then they kept going back. They went, I think they went about over 20 times. Oh, wow. So you'd go on full-on safaris with the whole family. Yeah. 
I, I talked and to Judy. Mom and Dad became very active in conservation and African conservation. Yes, I think I read that your dad went on a hunting trip at first and then realized quickly that was not what he wanted to do. He wanted to yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there are a lot, a lot of conservationists started out as hunters, and then they kind of realized, no, it's, it's much more fun to watch the animals and take pictures. So Dad, took, Dad shot them, but with a camera. Right. I've talked to Judy um, about one particularly harrowing night that you two spent in a tent, and I wondered if you could share that story. Uh, it involved safari ants. Oh, yes. Yes, safari ants, driver ants. These are, um, you know, they they go on. They're called safari ants because they suddenly up and move their colony and they march in these long lines, and and nothing can stop them. And there are millions and millions of them. And we were in our tent, and we we thought it was raining, and it was just the pitter patter of millions and millions of tiny feet covering the tent and then we zippered zippered up the tent and they the, the ants were getting in through the little hole at the bottom where the zips meet so judy and i were frantically um sticking pieces of kleenex to try and keep the ants out uh, but we didn't manage to keep all of them out and these things really bite the soldiers have giant pinchers and they really bite so did you get any sleep that night at all no, even if the ants weren't weren't swarming over us, we were terrified. Ah, that's that's like out of a, a horror movie. Thinking I know those ants <laughs> descending on your tent, and these are not the airtight tents that we'd be used to today. No, these were big. These are kind of big old fashioned canvas tents. Mm. So that one didn't sound very fun. How about um, just a fun vacation? Do you have a memory of what you would consider the best family trip you ever took? Well, I, I really remember the first really big trip our family took, which was when Judy and I were nine and our brothers were um, 14, 15, 15, 16, and we went on a trip to Europe. And Judy and I had never been to Europe, and we sailed on an ocean liner called the Liberté. And then we went to various countries. We went to France, we went to Switzerland and Spain, and that was just fantastic. And you know, one really fun part about it was that when Judy and I were growing up, you know, as kids in Los Angeles, we weren't really aware of Dad's fame, because we would say go to the hardware store with him, and everybody knew him, and he was just Mr. Stewart. But when we went on this trip to Europe, we were struck by the fans that there would be and people yelling dad's name in accents, you know, Jimmy Stewart. And there would be, the dad would talk to the press and have kind of meetings with the press and photo shoots in every hotel. And, you know, that was sort of an eye-opener for us. And it was kind of exciting. It wasn't too intrusive. So it was sort of thrilling. And that was a lot of fun. What, what was the most beautiful place you ever visited? With mom and dad? Yes. Oh, I, w- I would, you know, I'd have to say East Africa. Okay. I would have to say something like uh, the Serengeti or Gorgora Crater. Um, there's no place like it on Earth. It's like a paradise. All right, let's come back stateside. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about your home life, quite a bit probably. <laughs> but your, your, your family is 
uh, known for being animal lovers, pet lovers. Um, how many pets do you think lived at 918 Roxbury in your family's history? Well, uh, it started with the German Shepherd that my mother brought to the marriage, and then there was another German Shepherd, and then we, we, we go through a poodle, and then we went through a series of Golden Retrievers. So Golden Retrievers really became the breed. Um, so there were about maybe six, seven Golden Retrievers that lived through that came through the doors of 918. And then one of those was named Bo. Bo, yes, the famous Bo. Famous Bo, and then a couple others had your name and Judy's name. Yes, after the last two, um, before Mom and Dad died, they named Judy and Kelly, which was very confusing when Judy and I would visit. Yeah, I can imagine. Very, you know, we wouldn't know who was being called, the dog or us. One very other interesting pet we had was that on our first trip to Kenya, we were given a bush baby as a pet. You know what a bush baby is? Yes. Yeah, those, those big eyes and yeah. hops around. And we brought this little thing, we named him Davy, because the person who gave him to us was named David, and we brought this thing all the way back to the States. And Dad, who had done a, a degree in architecture in college, designed and had built this beautiful cage outdoors for Davy. And Davy lived with us for um, about eight years. And we would we would bring him into the, they're nocturnal, unfortunately. So in the evening, we'd sometimes bring him into the house and he'd, he'd land on the dog's nose and make him go cross-eyed. <laughs> he'd jump all over the living room in the library. He was a wonderful animal. What's the what's the lifespan expectancy for a bush baby? Well, I think eight was pretty old for one, although I'm not sure. I think he eventually died of a kidney disease. Oh wow! But you were the only family taking one to the vet. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're sitting in the waiting room amidst the cats and dogs. Yeah. <laughs> what What did your family enjoy doing around the house? Uh, did your parents have favorite television shows, or what kind of music did you listen to? Mom and Dad didn't listen to that much music. I think early on, they did listen to jazz. Dad had a lot of, um, Dad really liked jazz, and he had a lot of big band records and, and Count Basie and that kind of stuff. He used to listen to that. And then, you know, Mom and Dad were real homebodies. They liked they shared, cherished the house as kind of a little haven. And they liked just sitting outside with the dogs. They liked, you know, watching the evening news in the hour before dinner. We watched the Never Miss the Carol Burnett show, other comedy shows, with, you know, Laugh-In, um, Password. Um, and we were on Password with Mom and Dad a couple of times. Yeah, days. I wanted to ask you a little bit. I'm going to get to that in a moment. So, you know, that was a show that we watched a lot. We watched the, remember the college game? Is it called the college game? Where they would have college students on and ask some questions. Yeah. Kind of like a brain. Anyway, so it was, um, you know, it was sort of low-keyed stuff like that. Yeah. We played bingo sometimes. Any card games? Crazy Eights. Crazy Eights, yeah. Crazy Eights. Yeah. Sometimes Judy and I would work on a little play, and um, we 
string a curtain across one end of the library, and then poor mom and dad would have to sit there and watch our plays. <laughs> so what would a morning routine look like for your dad if he wasn't working or, you know, on location? Well, breakfast in the breakfast room was pretty low-keyed, and when I think of breakfast at home, I have an image of dad sitting there eating a small bowl of special K flakes with a golden retriever waiting to be given the bowl of sweet milk when dad had finished the flakes. And mm. then mom would be sitting with another golden retriever at her elbow who was waiting for little bits of bacon. So I think mom and dad really liked breakfast so they could give the dogs little treats at the end of their meal. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, I read somewhere that on Sundays at church, your dad could be a loud singer. Um, I really remember him being a loud singer. Um, I remember us kids being loud singers, but not so much dad. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I get this picture of him just really belting it out. <laughs> yes, as he has done in some performances. Yeah. <laughs> Did your dad have any favorites? stories or jokes uh, that you, you've heard more than once? You know, every time people ask me something like that, everything just flees my brain. Yeah. Um, yes, I do, and he, he did have a joke. Oh, God, I wish I could remember, and it was very funny. And the way Dad, you almost had to hear him tell it. He tells, you know, he had such a great delivery. Um, it, you know, I might remember it in the course of our conversation. That's all right. All right. So we can move on to uh, family traditions. And I was thinking of just traditions in general, or it could be around the holidays. Uh, well, you know, a fa family tradition in general every day was gathering in the library in the hour before dinner and having cocktails, talking, reading the paper, looking at the news. So that was a really nice, cozy tradition. Mom and Dad always took the dogs for a walk after dinner around the block. That was, um, that was a habit that was never broken. And every Thanksgiving we would, we usually ate all our meals in the smaller breakfast room, but at Thanksgiving and Christmas we would have the meal in the more formal dining room. And friends, really good friends of mom and dad's would come over and so that was that happened every year we would have a big thanksgiving and christmas dinner hmm. do you remember a favorite gift that you ever received from your parents one stands out which was um, fairly recent i think when my sister and i were about 16 maybe 15 and we had no idea what mom and dad were going to give us you know, there were sort of a bunch of presents that we opened. Then there was a big present. Mom was saying, this is a big present. And it, it was a small box. So we opened the small box, and there was this little toy telephone. And what they'd given us was our own line in our bedroom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, you know, for teenage girls, it was a really great present. That's awesome. Yeah. What would people be most surprised to learn about your dad? He was... He was, a, he was pretty good at drawing, but that's probably not that surprising since he comes from a very artistic family. 
he he could he had a, he could have a temper. You know, he very it fairly very rarely came out. But when Dad was getting annoyed, he wouldn't say anything. He would just go quiet and stern, and it would just sort of simmer in him. Mm. And then he could he could you know come out. He wouldn't rage and yell, but. You know, he could come out with an angry word or two. You know, we've seen that in movies in some of his, you know, he, you know that look I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, I think so. And, and your, your sister that, compared that it. Wasn't, that wasn't just in the movies. Okay. <laughs> that came from a real place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we're all, we all have moments. I oh, think. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you talked about Password, and I, I noticed I'd seen an episode on YouTube, and then... In recent months, another episode showed up. So it looked like it's from October 1964, and then March 1965. Yeah. Your you and your sister and your parents squared off. What do you remember about that? Like how it came to be, and the reaction that you got from your friends. I don't remember how it came to be. Um, I imagine that. Alan Ludden approached Dad's publicity manager and asked him. I don't actually remember my friends seeing it or saying anything about it mm-hmm. at all. Um, I, I remember that it was great fun, and one of the things I really remember is that, you know, we would change partners. That was the standard password thing. So you'd play with a partner, and then you'd swap. And everybody who played with Mom won. <laughs> Yeah. When Dad played with Mom, they won. When I played with Mom, we won. When Judy <laughs> played with Mom, she won. So, Mom was very good at crosswords, so she had all the synonyms. Mm. Is there? Had you seen these appearances in that time until like within the last couple of years? I think we might have had it on a reel on film because we uh. had a projection room in the basement and. We used to go down there, and Dad would run movies, and he would thread them by hand. You know, it was the old-fashioned projection projector. Mm-hmm. He'd painfully thread it by hand. And I think we had those on, um, you know, reel-to-reel film, and we would sometimes watch it, watch them, re-watch them again. Did you watch uh, his films that way as well? Yeah, that's where I saw a lot of his films. That's where I saw most of his films, in fact. Really? Yeah, not in the theater, in, in at home. Oh, wow. Yeah, because I was wondering if he had a lot of his movies on home video. And I was going to ask you that, but he had them reel-to-reel as well. He had them reel-to-reel, and it was, you know, all the, the his movies on video was very late. Yeah, it, this gets me to something I want to ask you about. Just the, Just the fact that you can do that, you can pull up... YouTube or pop in a video and and see your dad and your mother both. Um, what what is that like? I mean, particularly like this password these password episodes. You're seeing your parents as they are. They're not acting in roles or, or versions of themselves like they did on the Jack Benny program. They're that's that's your mom and dad. Uh, I wonder if you could just tell me a little bit about that that phenomenon. What's that like for you? Well, you know it's. It's like this wonderful gift because it's having your parents back when they're, you know, top of their form. And it just brings back all these kind of great memories of all the times we laughed together. Because, you know, they were, 
they had such good senses of humor, and they, we were all having a really good time during those passwords. I mean, if you look, especially mom and dad, they're really having fun. Mm. And it just, it just brings back so many, you know, you can relive these wonderful times. Yeah, you can see the their pride for you both in their faces and how they react to some of your responses. I think yeah. uh, I think Judy uh, misunderstood one of the clues and and or she oh, did yeah and your your parents seemed to get a real kick out of that. Yeah, you're making me want to see them again. <laughs> yeah, you need to. I had seen one a while back, and then the the most recent one. Um, it looks like Password is posting these. So it's it's yeah. actually affiliated with the program or, or whoever holds the rights. So yeah, you need to check them out. You know what's also very funny are the um, Jack Benny shows that Mom and Dad did. Yes, hilarious. Oh, they're great. Yeah, they did four episodes. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Okay, so in 1967, you and Judy attended the Academy Awards ceremony with your dad. Yes. Um, take me through that. Uh, what you remember as far as like getting there and arriving and and who you saw and that, that experience 1967 I believe that we had spent that year and uh, we were going to school in Switzerland for a year so we'd flown we were back for spring break or something and so we'd come all the way from Switzerland I believe and I remember it was incredibly exciting, and we sat, I think we sat either right behind or next to Julie Christie, which was incredibly exciting. Yeah, you mentioned that you, knew, you understood at an early age that your dad was famous, but at what point did you just realize, wow, dad is really good? Um, I realized dad was really good. I think at watching movies. I, I remember I think it was watching It's a Wonderful Life when I was young that it struck me that he was really good. What do you think was his best performance? Oh, that is so hard. It's like saying, what's my favorite movie? I can't answer. I think, his, I think It's a Wonderful Life is right up there. Yeah. Definitely right up there. What director do you think he worked with the best? Well, Capra, Hitchcock. Um, he made some pretty good Ford. Did some pretty good ones with John Ford. Mm -hmm. I I'd say Capra and Hitchcock. Okay, so I can get into some rapid-fire questions here. You've uh, you've sort of touched on these a little bit. So, do you have a favorite comedy of your dad's? Um, I really like Philadelphia Story. Mm-hmm. Um, and would you could you would you consider Harvey a comedy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know Harvey, Philadelphia Story, those older ones. I really like Mr. Hobbs Takes a Vacation was very funny as one of the later ones. Yes. All right, how about a favorite western? Death Rides Again. Ah. All right, favorite of the Hitchcock films. A Rear Window. Oh, okay. <laughs> Without, I got those answers. <laughs> without hesitation. All right. Uh, what's a movie you would have liked to have seen your dad perform in? What movie was what? what what's a movie that he, he did not star in that you think would have been a perfect fit or 
just maybe one you like that you'd like to have seen your dad star in? Um, you know, I believe he was offered to kill a mockingbird, mm-hmm. and he didn't do it. I can't remember why. I think it conflicted or something, but I think he would have been very good in that. Yeah, that's a tough one, because you can, you can definitely uh, appreciate Gregory Peck. Absolutely. But, yeah, you could, you could see your dad doing that. I'm not saying he would have been better than Greg Peck. I'm just saying he, he would have been good at it. I mean, he was a great lawyer in Anatomy of a Murder. Yeah, that could be right, right in line yeah. with that. Uh, your sister mentioned uh, an eventful night with Gregory Peck. Uh, I think um, Henry Fonda, several people over at the house. Were there? Uh, that was in answer to a question I'd ask about any friends that she particularly admired. Um, and I think she, she singled out Gregory Peck. Uh, was it one of your family's, your parents' friends that stood out to you, someone, someone you particularly struck it up with? Well, they, um, there was uh, one, of their, their, one of their dearest friends was Connie Wald, who was, she was married to Jerry Wald, the producer, and she was a wonderful, warm, friendly woman who gave the most wonderful parties, and she knew everybody of all ages, all persuasions and, and political beliefs, and we met so many people and had such wonderful, cozy times at her house at these parties, because she always included us when we were home. To When she invited Mom and Dad over, we'd go over, and we uh, I became friends with these people after Mom and Dad. Well, I mean, the friendship we made with them lasted beyond Mom and Dad's death. So I was friends with Connie Wald. Judy and, and my brother and I all were friends with Connie Wald and Lenny Gersh, who was a, a playwright and a songwriter, another very good friend. Um, Henry Fonda, we, we didn't, I mean, we weren't, we didn't see him that often, but I certainly admired him. Audrey Hepburn, and I remember in the old days, Rose Russell, who was wonderful. Hmm. Uh, Carol Burnett, they didn't see her a lot, but she was, she was a friend, and she was, as I say, mom and dad never missed her show. Are there people that your parents admired, just inside or out of the industry? Yes, and they had friends who weren't directly um, in the industry that they admired. They admired a lot of people in uh, wildlife conservation. You know, they were connected to organizations. One was African Wildlife Foundation, and they admired um, they admired the people that worked in that in that line of work. And they they very much admired the people at St. John's, the the sisters at St. John's, and the doctors, and you know, Dad's charity event, the yearly Jimmy Stewart marathon that raised money for St. John's, was partly through their admiration of the people that worked there. You know, another, speaking of St. John's, another really good friend of Mom and Dad's that we are very good friends with is Robert Wagner. He, he's a really decent, nice guy and really funny. That was great. Now, here's, a, here's one out of left field, but of contemporary entertainers or people in show business, um, who do you think your parents might have hit it off with? You could see people today and you think, I bet my parents could have been friends with them um tom hanks uh-huh 
Um, let's see. Yeah, I can see Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson striking it Tom up with Hanks your parents. And Rita, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, oh God. It's, see, my mind is going blank again because I, you know, it's not just who I like, it's who they would have headed off with. But, you know, I don't know that much about people's lives, but you get a feeling for their characters. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's pure speculation on your part. Uh, but what about what about people you admire? Are there, um, you know, contemporary actors or actresses, uh, people in the entertainment industry? You know, the sort of the, you know, the British ones. The, you know, the the older generation, Judy Dench, mm-hmm. and um, some of those great British actors. Um, what's his name? Ian McKellen and. Yeah, maybe Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, yeah. His name pops up a lot when I'm looking <laughs> looking your name up, your dad's name. Yeah, no, I think, and I mean, certainly, um, Mom and Dad really loved uh, Dustin Hoffman as a performer. Hmm. Yeah, he had some great things to say about your dad. And, uh, yes, yes. Yeah, it was the a- AFI. AFI, yeah. Yes. I've followed some of the things you've written over time. Uh, you always have such a great way of words when it comes to talking about your family. And the recent book by Robert Matson about your dad's war career, I enjoyed your comments on that. It's kind of a revelation. Uh, his perspective on this book really brought you inside the day-to-day uh, war activity. Um, what was your take on that? I'm, I'm curious you know, how you were left after reading that book. Well, I was, I was pretty affected by the book because, you know, Dad didn't really talk a lot about the war at all. And so I didn't have a good feel for what it was really like for him. And this book describes in detail the experience of what these guys went through when they flew missions and and that they were up for hours and hours and hours, and they there was no temperature control. They were chipping ice off the inside of their masks. And, you know, Dad hated the cold. And so just, just reading about the hardship of it all was, you know, it was, it was, it left a big impression on me. Yeah. And it was, it was very interesting. And the, the stress of it all, and the, the horror when Dad lost planes. And, you know, this, this author did a really good job of conveying that, I thought. Yeah, I it's did very too. Detailed. It's very detailed of, you know, describing each mission. But if you, if you knew somebody that fought in that war, it was, it's a really interesting look into the daily life. So how did it color your perspective of... Uh, just your your memories of your dad, did it shed new light on his personality? Yes, it sort of stressed, it stressed his sense of duty and his sense of doing the right thing, even, and his sense of, of pride, of doing something because it was the right thing and he, he, he got, he got, pride from it, um, even though it, he withstood hardship and misery, it was his sense of duty really 
brings that home and kind of expands it for me, mm-hmm. how strong that was. His sense of responsibility and duty. Yeah, and I imagine an understanding of why he wouldn't want to talk about a lot of those experiences. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. And why he didn't <clears throat> want to um, uh, Hollywoodize his experience in at the war. He didn't make war movies. and He didn't want to glamorize it. And he also didn't want to get a lot of attention for him being in the war because so many others did just as much as he did, but they weren't famous actors, so they didn't get all the recognition for being in the war, and that bothered him. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I uh, also enjoyed this Vanity Fair piece. It looks like it came out uh, on the anniversary of your dad's birth, May 20th, 2008. Um, Talks about growing up in your home um, and that street and the famous people who lived on that street. Um, you, your quote ended the article, uh, and I wondered if you, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Um, I'll, I'll read what you said. I found it pretty impactful. You're talking about the house after it was leveled. You, you sold the home. Um, somebody Did you know that they were planning to just level the house, or was yeah. it... Yes. Yeah. Okay. The guy we sold it to said, "I'm going to level it. It's a dump." Yeah, and I, I, I get it. I think you're like my my parents are gone. It's, you know, it's sad, but that's the reality of life. You said, "I miss it." Looking back, I miss it. I remember right before it was completely torn down, I went past it, and it was just ground zero practically. I mean, all dirt and everything had been ripped up, and the only thing left was the hallway. The front door and the walls of the hallway still with their wallpaper. Yeah. So, so in the midst of all this dust and destruction, there was this familiar wallpaper, this little patch in what looked like a battlefield, this poignant image I just can't get rid of. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's pretty striking. Uh, you painted that so well. Um, uh, that that's, that would be yeah, tough. Yeah, I, I still have that image very burned into my brain. Yeah. That's so this wallpaper you grew up with and. It just kind of standing there in the middle of all this rubble. Just brought it all back, I know. Mm. It's still tough to go by there. Well, you know, in a way, because it was leveled and something so unlike the house was built in its place, um, this ginormous kind of faux Italian palazzo kind of thing, Yeah. it's so different that it doesn't even bring back, it's not even nostalgia, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if it looked exactly the same, and it would, it would almost be harder to go back past it. I was there recently. In fact, I was with Judy and Mike, and we, we always kind of drive around sometimes. And it's remarkable how many houses in that area haven't changed one bit. Mm-hmm. And a lot of houses have. And there are a lot of, you know, tear-down projects where they tear them down and put up something totally unrecognizable. But there are some houses that you look at, we looked at them, and man, everything, our childhood came back because they look exactly the same. Oh, that's great. I wonder what they're like on the inside. Yeah. That, that's nice that you're able to revisit that. Well, yeah. It was pretty amazing. Uh, is there anybody around there you still know? No. Yeah. Now even Connie Wall died. She lived very close by, but she's gone. She died. She was something like ninety-six. 
She yeah. died a couple of years ago. All right, well, final question. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so we know your dad was humble. He would have been reluctant. He was reluctant to have a museum in his honor, but then he eventually conceded. What do you think he would think of the Jimmy Stewart Museum in Indiana, Pennsylvania? I think he would be very impressed. It is, they've done such a great job of keeping, it's the essence of his persona, and they've kept it small, they've kept it intimate, and yet it's really interesting, and they the displays are wonderful. I think Dad would be very proud and just, very pleased with it and you know he was worried about it he didn't he was worried about the feeling of aggrandizement and stuff and I don't think he would get that he would just be he would be humbled by it but very proud mm-hmm. and very approving very approving that's it that's great that's good to know now I'm sorry he can't see it yeah Kelly thank you so much for taking time to visit with me well thank you it's been it's been really fun talking I'm sorry I couldn't come up with more names of modern celebrities I think absolutely okay <laughs> now there may be occasions down the road excellent well thank you very much thank you thank you for listening if you found us on iTunes don't forget to subscribe we have some great episodes coming up and we don't want you to miss out And if you have a chance, please consider giving us a review on iTunes as it would help us raise awareness for the program. But most of all, I hope you'll make plans to visit the Jimmy Stewart Museum in Indiana, Pennsylvania. It's definitely worth a trip. Learn more at jimmy.org. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon.